This is the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel, and it's episode number 117. Welcome to the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel. We're all about highlighting self-help, positive psychology, and books on well-being. We share the content and actionable advice so you can make normal life extraordinary. We are a community of lifelong learners, high achievers, and busy people. Get ready for your download so you can live life happy. I'm your host and addicted to reading, Andrea Seidel. Hey there, Andrea here. I highlighted another amazing book. Okay, I say that every week, I know. But this one is one that I was like anticipating coming and I was so excited when I actually was able to read this book. And it is called Think Again by Adam Grant, The Power of Knowing What You Don't Know. And it's so funny because I've been hearing this expression like you 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 don't know what you don't know, right? Or, you know, and there's power in knowing what you don't know. And so I really was excited besides I'm I mean, Adam Grant, he's a wonderful, um, wonderful psychologist. And he is so fantastic because he also wrote that book, Good Give and Take, which is when another one of my favorite books. And I have highlighted that one also on the podcast. And anyway, he has such a wonderful insight here. And he also wrote the book Originals. Anyway, all amazing books. And so I was so excited to get my hands on this book and to delve into it. So I highlighted it. I do always recommend that you purchase the book and support the author and let this podcast just be a refresher, a summary, a highlight for you. Um, And of course, you are going to want to get all the nitty gritty because let's face it, this is like a 20 minute highlight for you. So I can't possibly suck out every single thing of nugget of wisdom that he includes in his book. So, so let's jump in. So do you know anyone who is narrow-minded or has tunnel vision? (laughs) I bet you, you do. Um, The reality is, is that so many people have, you know, tunnel vision sometimes. And the reality is, is that it's easier to see it in other people. It's harder to see it in ourselves. And that's what we call blind spots. So sometimes we maybe make, um, we maybe question, um, other people's thinking, but we may not be questioning our own thinking. So this makes us question what possibly can be blind spots. And, and so he refers to blind spots within his book. So do you have views in your mind that you are no longer serving you, or do you internalize and believe everything that you're thinking as true? Um, so sometimes that this truth, uh, can be set us back and it can really prevent us from seeing what the world really has to offer or seeing other people's points of view. So what happens is, is that this truth, what we think is truth, um, it, it has a tendency, we think that it's right. And we think that we have to defend our beliefs or maybe sometimes we catch ourselves people pleasing, right? Uh, so the idea is, is uh, that we need to figure out these tendencies um, that we have. Maybe we stick to our guns, so to speak, or you know, maybe we get swayed by other people. Um, so we have these things about ourselves that every individual actually possesses and they're called, they're actually cognitive 
cognitive tools. There, it's accumulation of basically knowledge that we've regularly relied upon in order to be efficient in our thinking. But sometimes we rarely question or consider that this knowledge, you know, maybe it's an assumption or maybe this knowledge is these beliefs over time that we think as true that aren't actually true. Um, Maybe they're opinions and perhaps they could even be prejudices. So have you heard about mental blind spots, cognitive biases, or thinking errors? That is what this book is all about. It's challenging these blind spots. It's challenging our cognitive biases and it's challenging challenging these thinking errors. So sometimes we really do adhere to these mental tools that actually create poor outcomes that make us inflexible, that, you know, make us sometimes even overconfidence and allows us sometimes even to make bad decisions. So we can avoid these errors in thinking and we can avoid, um, these failures sometimes in our life. So in this book, Adam Grant actually teaches us how to get it ready, rethink, So think again is all about rethinking or thinking again. So how do we know what we know and how do we know what we know is right? So our, our, the solution within this book is this idea that he calls rethinking. Rethinking is this process of doubting what you know. So doubt what you know, be curious about what you don't know and updating your thinking based on this new evidence. So in other words, he calls it the scientific method. So I really love that. So it really is important to capture that. That's what this whole book is about. It's about doubting what you know, being curious about what you don't know, and then updating your thinking based on new evidence. And he calls that the scientific method. So a general overview of this book is he does really reveal how, um, that we don't have to believe everything we think, or we don't have to internalize everything we feel. It's just an invis, this is an invitation. His book is an invitation to let go of views that are no longer serving you well, and to really prize this idea of mental flexibility and to prize the idea of humility and, and this idea of curiosity and to do this in Instead of um, sticking to our our foolish consistencies or like our thinking bias, our cognitive biases or our blind spots. So the idea here is if, if knowledge is power, then knowing what you don't know is actually wisdom. And I love the way he put that in his book. So everyone carries these cognitive tools that we use regularly and we seldom question them and we, we, um, seldom reflect on them. And with like this idea of scrutiny. So these tend to be beliefs, assumptions, opinions. And so Adam Grant really does emphasize this importance of curiosity and open-mindedness and flexible thinking, as well as empathy. So understanding where someone else might be coming from. And I love that message within his book. So when we dedicate ourselves to plan, to really um, focus on rethinking, and our first instinct is to, you know, to use these cognitive biases. Um, but the idea here is to rethink instead that we can double down and really sink into this idea as a resource. Um, so the idea here is also to open, open up, be open to other ideas and open to other things. So it's really important to do these, you know, to, to look at our thinking in a different way.
All right. So some of the key insights, and there's so many, um, but what we do is we often have mistaken assumptions instead of flexible thinking. So what he emphasizes within his book is to question ourselves when we, you know, and, and when we do question the world and we, when we have flexible thinking, sometimes it makes the world unpredictable. So that's why we have these cognitive biases. That's why we have these assumptions in order to make the world a little more predictable. However, what we want to do is, um, it does require effort. Um, and it, it, it allows us to really go and look at things and make things a little unpredictable. So it's not conventional necessarily. It's not comfortable, but we want to do this in order so that we can like the alternative view is to really have that ability to rethink and unlearn. So get this. So it's not just about intelligence. Isn't just like the ability to think and learn about your environment and then formulate an opinion or like uh, programming in our brain. The idea is to challenge that and to think and then rethink, to unlearn things and then relearn. And that's what flexible thinking is. And I love that concept within his book. And then he did talk about walking into your mind. Um, it's easy to notice when others need to change their opinions, but it's really difficult for us to develop that same habit for ourselves. You know what? You know what? I'm always right. <laughs> so he does talk about Phil Tedlock's work, um, and it's a mind meant a mindset model. And he talked about there's a few types of mindsets, and one is the preacher. So you know the preacher, right? When we promote our ideas, and sometimes we defend our ideas from attack. Now see if you find yourself in there. So are you a preacher? Do you sometimes promote your ideas to other people? And then if you, you, your idea feels attacked, you defend your ideas, or maybe you're a a prosecutor where you attack the ideas of other people and you want to win an argument or you often, you attack their ideas because you want to win an argument. So are you a prosecutor? Um, Maybe you're a politician where you try to win the support of other people. I have a tendency to do this, right? To win the support of other people. So you are maybe a people pleaser. You optimize this because you're seeking approval and agreement and you don't want tension. So if you find yourself in any of those, don't worry, it's just about reflection, right? But the reality is, is that um, Adam Grant is offering a new mindset and the new mindset is a scientist mindset. And if you think about that, if you think about the scientists, you know, what they do is they actually have this whole concept of rethinking and how rethinking is fundamental to scientific thinking, right? You're expected to doubt what you know, be curious about what you don't know and update your views based on new data. That's the scientific model. So you're, you doubt what you know, you're curious about what you don't know, and you update your views based on that new data. The other thing you do is you search for truth through hypothesis. So you run experiments and you uncover new truths. So think about that, right? Like testing hypothesis. Oh, that didn't work. Oh, this worked. Or like trying new things and testing your truth. So if you believe something, test it and see if it's, you know, if it's still true. So running these experiences so that you can, experiments rather, so that you can uncover these new truths. 
And you can see how it would really help you in your life, right? And the idea too is to change your mind. Changing your mind is a sign of actual integrity or mental flexibility and response to evidence, not just, you know, suddenly you came up with that. (laughs) So the idea here in the bottom line is that a hypothesis has as much place in our lives as it does in the lab. And so what he's suggesting is, is that we can keep this scientist mindset to really help us. So it encourages us to pivot, right? When things aren't working. So I'm curious, how do you think you could adopt a scientific mindset and how would it help you in your life? I know for me, it would be wonderful for, you know what, uh, when you're expecting something to happen, doubting it, doubting what you already know and being curious about what you don't know. And when you're curious about what you don't know, you end up learning so much. It's like, I'm curious why that would happen that way or how would it happen if I tried it this way and remaining kind of open and that way we can update Um, based on the new data. I love that idea. So he did talk about some of these things that hold us back from um, being able to think again, like the power of knowing what you don't know and challenging that. So some of the things that come up are tunnel vision terms, like things that keep us tunnel vision and not really open to the power of knowing what we don't know. So those are cognitive biases. So that's seeing what you want to see. We have a cognitive bias. We see what we want to see. We also have what's called desirability bias, and that's the tendency to act in a manner that embraces your acceptance or your approval of others. It enhances it. So what you want to do is you act in a way that's going to enhance acceptance and and enhance approval of others. So that's desirability bias. We change actually who we are, or we change what, what it is that we're thinking or saying in order to enhance acceptance and approval. We also can have what's called a binary bias. This is the human tendency to seek clarity by reducing a spectrum or a category to just two opposites. So you can see how that's a problem, right? Binary bias, where it's black or white thinking, right? And what that does is black or white thinking actually promotes hostility. It promotes stereotyping. So try and think about maybe if there's a time where you have had black or white thinking, right? What's the gray? What are all the other options there. So the other piece that really stood out to me too within his book is this competence and confidence. And he talks a lot about how we can be overconfident, right? We have this, um, they go hand in hand. So sometimes there's a divergence in our level of confidence in how competent we are. So I'm sure you've heard of the, you know, the armchair quarterback or, you know, someone who's they're they're more confident than they are competent. And so, you know, maybe someone like goes to a job interview and they're acting all confident, like they can do it, but their competence levels are low. And so that's, that's, there's a discrepancy there, right? And that can get us into trouble. And that's, that's why we need to rethink things as well. The other is the opposite, which is our competence is high, but our confidence is low. So we're very competent in something, but we feel not as confident about it. And that's called the imposter syndrome. So that's where we feel that we are not as, we're not as confident in ourselves, but we have all, we're competent, we have all the capabilities. So there is a tendency to have this, um, 
overestimation of our competence. And so that can get us into trouble. And so the idea here is to exercise humility. And he talked about humility is often misunderstood. It's not about having low self-confidence, but it's really about being grounded in earth. It's about recognizing that we're all flawed, that we're all failable. And uh, he talks about having, exercising humility is really the key to this idea of the scientific mindset or this model of rethinking. And it's so important, right? So this, we, so we have sufficient amount of doubt, but we also are flexible and able to recognize when we could be wrong. And I love that. And I actually took the the saying out and I put it on one of my boards, like I could be wrong. Like he says, practicing saying I could be wrong, but you know, I could be wrong. Tell me more. Um, so this is really about remaining curious and flexible. So we're always seeking this truth. We're not seeking, you know, that validation necessary. We're seeking more information. And in his book, he called it the joy of being wrong, which I really appreciated. So it's uh, it's a wonderful way to, to, um, you know, decouple this, like remove yourself from having that tunnel vision and, and, and have that humility about it, not that overconfidence. So he did come up with this neat model, the rethinking cycle, he called it. And so basically the first ingredient is humility, being open to being wrong and, and, um, and learning. And then also to doubt this idea of doubting what you know, um, and then being curious to learn more curiosity. And then the the next step is discovery, right? And that cycle is all about rethinking and it moves us away from that idea of overconfidence. Um, and he did talk about a little bit about the good fight club, he called it, and that it's really important to how this is going to help us in so many ways to rethink. And, um, we think that we know more about things than we really do. Um, and the idea here is explore and question and questioning actually helps to reveal the limits of our knowledge, right? So say you, you, uh, you know, someone's talking about something, if you keep asking them more and more, um, eventually you will find the limits to their knowledge. And when we do that to ourselves, it's the same thing, right? So exploring when we're pressed and we have to explain how something works, our understanding can break down. So that's a wonderful, that's a wonderful way to really reveal where we, you know, we have knowledge gaps. Okay. So he had so many wonderful tips uh, within his books um, and some actionable nuggets. He talked more about, you know, the three steps to thinking more critically. He talked about, um, which is basically like thinking more, three steps to thinking more critically. He talked about um, motivational interviewing. So the best approach to changing someone's mind is to help that person make the change on their own. He talked about asking open-ended questions, um, reflective listening. So really engaging in reflective listening. He talks about affirming people's desires and ability to change. He also talked about gentle recommendations that allow the other person to maintain agency or control, but then also helping them also see like you can do this with other people, but also within ourselves. And, um, for example, he says like, here are a few things that have helped me. Do you think any of them might work for you? So, um, you're opening people up to rethinking, but you're also doing it in a way that is, is, 
offers them agency or feeling of control over their environment. So there's so many wonderful nuggets within this book. He talks about escaping this tunnel vision. So being confident in your ability to learn more um, and to be malleable about it and kind of flexible in our thinking. And um, he does talk about, you know, like, to, to ask questions and to see value in that and to not just believe what it is that you're thinking to question those beliefs. And, um, oh, one of my favorite tips too, he does say to set up a challenge network. So set up trusted groups of peers or friends, um, to help point out your blind spots and your thinking errors, because sometimes we don't see them. So when we're pressed to explain something, um, and how it works, our understanding actually breaks down and that can be our challenge network, which is really important. I love that suggestion. So yeah, so maybe take some time to think about when things didn't go as you wish that they could have, and then rethink that event. Look into it. It's like doubt what you know, be curious about what you don't know, and update your thinking based on the new evidence. I think that this book is so wonderful. He really does uh, offer a wonderful new way to help us think again and in the power in knowing what we don't know. So that's it for this week, my friends. I hope you really enjoyed that. Oh my gosh, I have an amazing book that I'm highlighting again next week. It's called Authentic Happiness by Martin Seligman. You gotta listen in. Make sure if you haven't hit subscribe that you hit subscribe so you get these right to your inbox. Now, if you would love more access to all the other podcasts that I've done, all the other books that I've read, all the summaries and highlights, it's back at my website. You can go into the member vault and it's free and there's so many resources. All these books are there. Thank you so much, everybody. And I will see you next week. If you like this podcast, it's like personal training for your mind. You've got to come over to my website at andreasidal.com where I take all these books and I hide them in this big, massive vault. There's hundreds and hundreds of books in there for you to learn and discover and grow from. So I really encourage you to head on over to my website so you can gain access to this vault. They're just waiting for you to read. Also, if you've been thinking about writing a book or you know, you've lacked the time, maybe the focus and the know-how to get it done, or you've been wanting to publish your own work, well, look no further. Spend no more time wasting trying to figure it all out because I'm your girl. I am a book doula. I actually help people painlessly give birth to their books through book birthing. (laughs) So let's turn that dream into achievement through birthing your own book because books change lives. So head on over to my website to find out more about that as well. Be sure to subscribe here so that you get the latest episode. And of course, share this with your friends, write a review because it really helps grow the show. And finally, I just want to thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but also week after week. I'm just so grateful that I get to show up and read all these books and share the learning experience with you. So until next week, I'm sending hugs.